And so Valentine's Day is upon us, leading us to wonder in this American life, what's love got to do, got to do with it? What's love but a sweet old-fashioned notion? Yes, it seems love now comes packaged in hallmark cards, heart-shaped boxes filled with cheap chocolates and roses from Winston's. But how does love manifest in our lives in many ways, some joyful, some painful? A parent's love for their baby, a devastating teenage crush experienced at any age the lifelong love of finding one's beloved, octogenarians holding hands in the sunset on the front porch. And so today we'll offer different reflections on love. Well and fine, you say, but looking at the order of service, you wonder, who is this dog that casts a shadow? Some cousin of the hair of the dog? No. Jacques Brel answers in the final stanza of his famous song of desperate, unrequited love. Ne me quitte pas. Je ne vais plus pleurer. Je ne vais plus parler. Je me cacherai là à te regarder, danser et sourire et à t'écouter. Chanter et puis rire. Laisse-moi devenir l'ombre de ton ombre, l'ombre de ta main, l'ombre de ton chien. Ne me quitte pas. Don't leave me. I won't cry anymore. I'll hide watching you, dancing and smiling. Singing, then laughing, let me become the shadow of your shadow, the shadow of your hand, the shadow of your dog. Don't leave me. So sad, so full of pathos, and they call it puppy love. Sorry, I couldn't resist that one. On a more serious note, we can all get a little confused about love with all the messages that surround us, but we strive to be more than the shadow of the dog. We strive to learn, to grow, to love better and more wisely. Let us all seek to be more than the shadow of anyone's dog. Hello. I'm Katie Lebunko. In 1983, as his first marriage was falling apart, Sting woke up in the middle of the night with a single line in his head. Every breath you take, every move you make. If you have somehow made it this far without ever hearing this song, let me first of all recommend looking up this guy Sting. That's S-T-I-N-G. He's quite good. For those members of the congregation, and anyone whose memory is a bit rusty, let me tell you a little bit about the song. With soft rock guitar playing behind him, Sting starts off with the lyrics, every breath you take, every move you make, every bond you break, every step you take, 
I'll be watching you. Creepy. <laughs> he continues to croon about the many situations in which he will be watching the subject of the song, additionally imploring her, oh, can't you see, you belong to me. Perhaps surprisingly, this ominous little bop has become a tremendous hit and cultural touchstone. Puff Daddy sampled the song in his 1997 hit, I'll Be Missing You, and it provides the title for the 2021 psychological thriller, Every Breath You Take, which NPR, and this is true, described as very, very dumb. <laughs> in 2019, it was recognized as the most played song in radio history. So what is it about this song that is so connected with our cultural psyche? I think it's the fact that we all identify, at least a little bit, with the stalker narrating the song. Deep inside each of us is a jealous little love gremlin that wants to sink its claws into the objects of our affection and never let them go. <laughs> because to truly love someone is to be deeply vulnerable. It is to offer someone the most tender, vulnerable parts of yourself and ask that they please not stomp on them. But love cannot be compelled or it sours into something ugly and cruel. So no matter how persuasive it is, we have to learn to silence that jealous little love gremlin. We have to let ourselves love freely and deeply and understand that we may get hurt in the process. The story has a happy ending. In 1992, Sting married his second and final wife, so far. And although I'm sure the fame, mansions, and spare half billion dollars didn't hurt, I like to think that this marriage has lasted for over three decades because Sting managed to smother that jealous love gremlin. And if there is hope for international pop superstar Sting, surely there is hope for all of us. <laughs> One of my favorite episodes of This American Life is called The Breakup. I commend it to you later today. Once you're done with whatever meetings you're going to go to, please do look it up. It's wonderful. And in it, Starly Kine is reflecting on lost love and shares this line from a Dusty Springfield song, which she says is perhaps the most pitiful sentiment ever uttered aloud. <laughs> the song goes, you don't have to say you love me. Just be close at hand. You don't have to stay forever, I will understand. Believe me, believe me, I can't help but love you. But believe me, I'll never tie you down. Starley continues, it's just so pathetic, but deep down, that's what I felt too. And it felt good to have someone come out and say it. There are some words you can never say but somehow you can sing. These songs, all these songs we've heard, and so many more, point to just how confused we are about love. But all of this, as she says, is part of the experience. Little hurts so much as the pain of watching and feeling love fall apart. I think of my divorce many years ago, but even more so the more melodramatic and overwrought breakups of younger years. But this pain somehow is how we learn. Somehow we can 
deepen and grow into the kind of love there is in the poem that David read, the kind of love that lets go again and again, the kind that strives to love consciously, conscientiously, concretely, constructively. I think of my own journey into deepening love into the challenging and encompassing love which now holds me. I am very lucky to have a pretty wonderful and wise and gentle and beautiful and funny and kind person that I get to forge a life with and we have faced a lot. We have stood in the fire together, hands clasped, and we have faced down dragons. We have loved and let go again and again. And one of the beautiful and simple and powerful things we do came from our years of working together. As some of you know, for the last eight years before coming here as your minister, she and I worked together as ministers in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. This meant that in addition to raising three kids and a dog and caring for a home and a little plot of land with a bunch of gardens, we were also building a church together, tending to a complex network of committees and projects and people and worship, and it was a lot. And in order to keep work and life a little bounded, we had pretty strict rules about not talking about work on our days off. So Sundays, whenever we finish church duties and all the way through Monday into Tuesday morning, we would talk about kids and gardens. She would pretend to listen when I talked about fishing, and I would pretend to listen when she talked about Rachel Maddow. <laughs> but first thing Tuesday morning, we had a meeting we called the Hour of Power. Before we launched into work talk, we would check in. We would sit, and for as long as we needed, we would share about how we were, and the other would listen. We would figure out our schedules and the kids and the plan for the week and look out into the distance to upcoming tasks. It was a set time every week to wrestle the challenges before us. To set time every week to return to this central relationship of our lives and tend to it. Now that we do not work together, we still have the hour of power every week. Usually on Saturday mornings, in the middle of my weekly time off and in the very beginning of her weekend. And it has made all the difference moment to return, to see one another, to hash out and plan, to listen to what the other needs and voice our own needs. Time to strategize and tend to this love and this life with so many messages about confused love and unskillful love. It is a discipline and a process to learn to love well. I did some quick math, and it seems that over the years, we have done these meetings more than 500 times, and still have not yet quite figured it all the way out, so. <laughs> it takes practice. 
takes untangling the mess in our heads and learning the messages of these songs. It takes returning and refocusing on the kinds of love we want to create, the kinds of people we want to become. But it makes so much possible. We will close with these words from Hafiz. He writes, even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights the whole sky. Amen.